0: got a new guest on the sports fan show Charlie Wing from Seattle Washington we'll hear his opinion about Washington moving to the Big Ten and along with the rest of the college football realignment and it's also draft night here we're going to be drafting the best NCAA quarterback since 2000 Let me introduce yourself to Charlie. So Charlie and I have been uh, members of the Last Take podcast last year. Um, That was very exciting. But Charlie, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. We know you're from Seattle, but just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I think you've already pretty much covered most of it. Uh, You know,
1: love college football, obviously, coming on here to talk uh, college football today. I'm also a big hockey fan as well. Uh, It's basically become my favorite sport to watch recently. I kind of became a fan later, but, uh, in general college football, I'm also a big Wyoming Cowboys fan. Both my parents went to school there. Uh, so even though I grew up in Seattle, like you said, I also like the Huskies as well, but big Cowboys fan. They've been my team for a long time now. And then I'm also a big Denver Broncos fan as well. My dad, he grew up a Broncos fan living an hour and a half from Denver. So that's pretty much how I became a fan of them. Um, and then for hockey, big Colorado Avalanche fan as well. But yeah, second year here at Nebraska. I'm technically a junior. Um, I, just, I got some dual credit in high school and stuff like that. So, uh, sports media and communications major right now. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I know I'm, I'm excited to be here. And yeah, we, we've obviously recorded some podcasts together mm-hmm. in the past, so.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a little bit new setting, I think, for you anyways, you know. Yeah, first time as a guest. said we've always done podcasts together when it was uh, me, Dylan, Blake, uh, Mark, and you, and now since uh, we both kind of split off from that podcast, uh, me starting my own, I think you're just doing a little bit more uh, focusing on school and getting, like, just getting ready for your thing, you know, you just want to do your thing. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit new, new different settings, so um but it's been a while since we chatted, Bud. So I'd just like to hear more about like your summer, like what you do, what's one thing that uh stood out to you, what's one eventful thing you did, it's just things like that. Like did you work? Did you uh just tell us a little bit more about your summer? So yeah, my summer was good. Um
1: I did so I I've done DoorDash out in the Seattle area. It's obviously I think you know, you can do it here too, but I actually, actually signed up to be a dasher last semester. I just haven't done it did yet. You. Well, yeah. So I've done that. I did that my senior year of high school as well. And then this summer, I went to Wyoming for like three weeks um, with my family. We visited family there. Both my parents uh, have family there, so that was nice. Uh, and then also, while we were we kind of while we were in Wyoming, we also first we went out to Nebraska to go to Game Two of the College World Series Finals between LSU and Florida. And I was excited for that. There was a lot of LSU fans there. Florida ended up winning that game by 20 runs. I say because uh, LSU, they walked off the first, first one, right? Yeah, well, they won the first game. Um, and then, yeah that, yeah, that was a close game. It went like 11 innings. And then Florida really just said, you know, we're not going down here without a fight. They beat them by 20 (laughs) runs. Yeah, blew them out. LSU did the same thing in game three.
0: I think they won like 18-5 or something like that. I remember turning on the TV on a – I think it was a Sunday. Wasn't it game three on a Sunday? uh, Or Monday. I think it was Monday. I think it was a Monday, actually. And I remember turning on the TV, and I'm like – holy cow, Like this isn't even a game anymore. No, yeah, and either of the last two games were, were even close, but it was just a fun
1: experience because we were actually going to go, um, my dad, uh, my brother, and I, we were going to go uh, the previous year to watch Oklahoma and Ole Miss, and we had tickets to game three of that, but Ole Miss won the first two games, so we didn't get to see that, unfortunately. Uh, so we made it a priority to get back out here and go to that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, just, you know... It's definitely something I'd like to do again. It really felt like almost like a college football atmosphere with all those, you know, LSU fans that came up. It was pretty cool. But yeah, that was fun. And then just we went to Wyoming, like I said, visited family. So that was a long, nice trip, uh, like three weeks this summer. Um, And then, yeah, I've just been at home, got home like a month ago, and now I'm back here. So. But overall, I've uh, had a nice, relaxing summer. Uh, how about you? Did you? I guess you've probably already talked about it in a little bit on here. Um,
0: I honestly don't think I have, but I think uh, for those who are very close to me, know I did. But, um, but yeah, I guess you don't really know what I did, so I'm no. gonna just tell you about it. I so, don't. Uh, I had an internship this summer with a news station, WGO Channel 13 News, uh, based in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I was a sports reporter intern there, so pretty much what I did was went to high school and softball games and captured some footage and went back to the station, edited a highlight reel together that went on the air. Um, I also went out and interviewed like a couple athletes, a couple coaches from that. Um, don't know if you ever heard of the, of the Hy-Vee uh, race weekend in Newton. Have you heard of that, bubble? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's the IndyCar series. Uh, they have like Two races. Uh, they have a, a pre-concert, then a race, then a post-race uh, concert, and that's Saturday and Sunday. And I actually got to uh, interview a couple drivers for that event. They had like a pit crew challenge uh, live on um, Grand Avenue in Des Moines, just like demonstrate like what a pit crew is. And I got to interview a couple athletes, a couple of the cover, dri- a uh, couple of the pit crew guys there. could not think of the name for a second, but. That was a lot of fun, and unfortunately, that was unpaid, so believe it or not, to make money, I actually worked at Culver's in Pella Uh to make some money. Um, Not a bad job. Definitely don't see myself in fast food in the next five years, which is good, Um, but I'm not also dissing on those people who only work fast food, because that also pays very well uh, to some extent. So, uh, yeah, and then help my dad on the farm uh, whenever I could. but, yeah, I think I put over 5,000 miles on my car traveling from Pella to Des Moines and back to my hometown. And mm. it's been traveling a lot everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just came here uh, this past Wednesday and then just kind of relaxed my new apartment style with my roommate. Um, like Dylan and Mark came over in the last couple of days. So. Okay. Did you go on any, like, vacations this summer at all? Um, I actually went on, on a vacation with Paige and her family to the Wisconsin Dells. Okay. Uh, we went there to, they went there to catch up with a church friend and I just kind of tag along with the ride. We w- We actually went to a Cubs Brewers game. I asked Mark about that because I sent him a little video of where we were sitting at and said, I never thought I'd be here in my life. He's like, what? What? You're here? Like at a Brewers game? Like, yeah. Um, couldn't believe in myself, but in the end, I mean, the Brewers did win. I was I was a little unfortunate. The Cubs were up six. Oh, yeah, I forget the, you're a Cubs fan. Yeah, the Cubs were up yeah. six nothing on that, and they were heading the six, and all of a sudden the Brewers just downported it on them. Hmm. Um. But yeah, and then I started doing this just shortly afterwards. Uh. But yeah, that's, my summer's been kind of a little over the place, but it's still enjoyable. I stayed busy. Went by fast, and uh, got to do some boating as well. That was also fun. Oh, nice. So yeah, I've
1: been wanting to kind of related, but uh, my grandpa, he they've got a place, or his brother actually has a place out on the Washington coast, uh, and they go like crabbing out kind of, based, I mean, they're in the ocean out there, so that's something that I want to do. I've asked them about it, but want to maybe do that, do some fishing yeah. So, at some point. So
0: how do you do, cra- like crabbing, you just throw the net in and then you just pull it up? Like, do you know how to crab? Or Well, no, I've never
1: been. That's kind of why I'm interested in doing that just because I've seen, you know, I've heard about it, what the, what they've done. Um. So yeah, I'm just interested to go out there. You know, they've got the boat that they have or whatever. You can like, you just go out and sleep on it sometimes if you want, which is, yeah. just, I don't know
0: what that'll be like, but yeah, that's just something I want to do at some point. Yeah, my parent, my parents last winter actually went down to Texas and got our wake boat, and um, yeah, my brothers and I we've been doing some tubing, some wakeboarding, mostly surfing most of the time. And uh, my my brother Charlie, <laughs> believe it or not, his name is Charlie. Uh, him and I were uh, trying to do a three sixty trick. My other brother Will, he's just a little unco like a little bit less coordinated than me and Charlie, but he's managed to get up on the surfboard and start surfing a little bit. And we have a friend who's been trying to teach him like. Just different things I can help him out more than what probably me and my brother uh, do because when it comes to surfing or just pretty much getting up on a wake boat, everyone has their own technique, and it comes with reps. So with reps comes your like you gotta find your way of doing it. So me and Charlie have found like a quick way to do it. And My brother will. He hasn't found a super quick way to do it, but he's managed to got up. So uh, one thing I want to get to you before we get into our next topic is um, but yeah as we're getting ready to head into the next topic which is probably Washington into the Big Ten is I'm not asking you about your opinion yet but like what's your uh, favorite college football game that you've ever been to personally so yeah I've been to
1: like I said uh, you know since I'm a Wyoming fan I've been to a few games it was one, one game that was just really cool to go to uh, and experience was when Uh, Wyoming went to Eugene, Oregon, and played Oregon when they were ranked number two in the country. They had Marcus Mariota. It was the year they went to the national championship and lost to Ohio State. And we obviously got blown out, but it was just pretty cool to be there because it's just, you know, some, a team that obviously, you know, people are familiar with them, but not on the level as Oregon. They were ranked number two in the country at that point. So that was just kind of a cool game to be at. And then I also enjoyed, um, I went to a Oregon-Washington game. Unfortunately, that game didn't really, uh, didn't really, it wasn't as competitive as a lot of people thought, but that's a big rivalry up there that, uh, you know, we are still going to get at now. Uh, But, you know, that was fun to be at. Uh, It was like pouring rain that game too. Overall, though, I haven't been to like, I would say like a really, you know, well-known game because I just, I haven't been to a ton of games, but Uh, Yeah, those two were fun to be at. I also went to like another uh, Huskies game. They played Cal, and there was like a three-hour lightning delay, which was (laughs) just a weird game to be at. So everyone was just in the concourse for like three hours, and then everybody left. All the Husky or a lot of Huskies fans left, and Cal ended up winning in a close game, which really sucked because you know we were there till like two in the morning. But those are just kind of three of the game, you know, games I've enjoyed being at. Unfortunately, didn't really go the way I wanted, but. yeah, I don't know. Overall, I mean, I've seen some other Wyoming games where they've won, but you know, those are just typical conference games and stuff like that. So, yeah, probably those those three come to mind.
0: Say <laughs> so, coming up next, Charlie mentioned it, Washington, Oregon, big moves yep. onto the Big 10. Like Charlie said earlier, he is a Washington fan coming from Seattle and loving the Huskies, been been to a couple games. Uh, So some big movements over this past summer, if uh, you haven't been paying attention, nothing with the ACC. It's still the same 14 teams. Uh, The Big Ten, Big 12, and uh, SEC have been kind of the biggest moves. The SEC is the one that started it with adding in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Originally, that's was supposed to be in, what, 2026. And then they just bumped it up to 2024 with an appeal. Uh, The Pac-12 is now becoming the Connect Four. Um, Four teams remaining, Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington State. You're like, where are the other teams at? Well, they've joined either the Big 12 or the Big 10, noting Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah have joined the Big Big 12, and the Big 10 adding UCLA, USC, Washington, and Oregon. So... First of all, Charlie, I want to just get your opinion just on Washington alone, just being a fan of them and, you know, the Pac-12 is one of the oldest conferences in the country. Right now, it's dissolving as fast as it came. What... So as a fan of that, is this a good thing, you think, or is it a bad thing? Yeah, so I think a lot of Huskies fans are actually excited about
1: the move. Uh, I'm not as excited about it. I really enjoyed, you know, because we don't have things like the Apple Cup anymore, Washington, Washington State. We're not going to get to see that. And, you know, that's part of the reason I, you know, love college football so much. It's like the tradition, the fans, the rivalries, stuff like that. And I don't know, it just it's going to be interesting now you know, it's just so weird to see they've shown like the maps and stuff with all the big 10 teams now. And it's just weird to see two California teams, Oregon and Washington. But yeah, I think for Washington, you know, a lot of fans are excited about it and cause you know, more competition, they're excited to play teams like Michigan, Penn state, Ohio state teams like that. And I don't know. I mean, I think teams are constantly, you know, getting better. Some are getting worse. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do once they join the conference. But overall, uh, you know, the Pac-12 is going out now. They've got some good teams this year. I don't know how long that's going to continue when this starts to shuffle, shuffle around. You got teams going to the Big Twelve and all that. So overall, I don't love the, I don't love it as much as a lot of people do. But you know, that's just kind of how it goes I guess you know we had the big eight at one point conferences are always changing so just got to get used to it and teams aren't going to be good forever you know there's going to be teams in the big ten that eventually I mean Michigan they've had years they go six and six you know they're obviously a really good team right now but that doesn't last forever either so maybe some teams that are I don't know still in I don't know what they're going to do is the Mountain West maybe going to
0: get involved
1: Uh, or Oregon State and I saw
0: a Scooby Doo meme actually uh, one time I was scrolling through Instagram and said the Pac-12 in 2022 is going to be the Mountain West in 2026. Like, all right, let's see who's under the mask. And, you know, they pull it out and it's like, Mountain West wouldn't get away with you meddling kids, you know?
1: so Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's just weird. Oregon State and Washington State, it would obviously make sense regionally for them to be in the Mountain West. But, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that I really feel for those fans. You know, they had a... Uh, Drew Bledsoe who was a former quarterback at Washington State. He was on ESPN. I I watched it It was like a few weeks ago and he was just so upset about it. And you know rightfully so I mean they're
0: basically going down They're just getting left, you know, everyone's leaving and then there's also been like some rumors that Cal and Stanford reached out to the ACC and trying to join them. Well, yeah, they, they did. And I, what I heard was that four teams
1: in the ACC actually said no. They didn't want them. And, you know, I think it needs to be like a unanimous vote or something. It has to be a relatively close vote, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, right, right away there were four teams that said no. I think Clemson and Florida State were two of them. And I don't know if what, what's happening with those teams. But, I mean, also, it's just funny because it's the Atlantic Coast Conference and Cal and Stanford, I don't know. But it's just going to be weird. Uh, at first, I think people obviously get used to it. Like, you know, that that's happened in the past. Things like this have happened. So, uh, and then I, what I heard, I think the most likely scenario would be Cal and Stanford going independent, kind of like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Stanford is one of the most dynamic programs in the country, you know, ath- ath- athletically or athletic. not athletically, academically. Well, both, you know, because you, you know, their football team obviously hasn't been good. They have been good in the past, but right now they're not that good. But when you look at the, sp- you know, all the sports, you know, there are obviously some other sports Stanford is very well known for. Um, Isn't gymnastics one of them that they're very very good at? Yeah, I think that might be one of them. I don't know. They're but you know they've obviously very you know good at a lot of sports. I could see them turning in just kind of like Notre Dame, because um, I don't I don't see Notre Dame joining a conference either. But yeah, and then Cal, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. I just can't really see those two teams in the Mountain West. It's just crazy to think about, but that could also happen. So just
0: interested to see how this all shakes out. Uh, I think one thing that it speaks out to me, you know. Immediately when my brain heard that Washington and Oregon, because first of all there were just rumors, and then secondly they heard that discussions have ended, and then the next thing happens is no, they'll they'll be they'll stay they'll stay there. Well, then right after they say that, sure enough they're going to join the Big Ten. Same with uh, I didn't even know Utah was going to get an invite. You were only hearing Arizona and Arizona State about joining the Big Twelve, and then all of a sudden oh we're going to add Utah in here just a little. Poker and uh, this also affects collegiate athletes, not just football, but like majority of like the smaller sports, like baseball and softball. This one has been very effective because this whole college realignment thing is is only about money and the media right deals. And I don't know, as a Washington fan, because like. I always feel like, especially if you're on the West Coast, like, you're living the dream every Saturday. You know, you wake up at 9 a.m. Sure enough, some some East Coast team is playing, and then you're going, and then it's 7 o'clock, and man, we've watched a whole entire day of college football. Versus here in the Midwest, it's like, okay, you have your 11 o'clock, 2 p.m., and 6 o'clock, and that's it. But then you also have your 10 o'clock games that are your Pac-12, so it's like the whole country's pretty much isolated already to the Pac-12, and then they missed out on media deals. So does... The Pac-12 bring other teams, like I know San Diego State is probably, I think, the front runner maybe to, for a non-Power 5 school to join in. SMU is also another one. Do they bring in these lower conference teams and make them a Power 5 team? Yeah, I don't know. I think, well, San Diego State, after shortly after that
1: uh, national championship run in basketball that they had, there was a lot of talk about them going to the Pac-12 before this all kind of got, you know, went out of control but you know they actually found out eventually that you know they were going to stay in the Mountain West cuz I guess it didn't work out or something you know they there's a lot of jokes about how you know they said you know see you later but then they really wanted to come back after the Pac-12 I guess something didn't work out but I don't know I mean yeah I think so, certainly some of the teams in the Mountain West right now for football and for other sports just I, you can't really see them in a conference with teams like Washington State and Oregon State, but I don't know what they'll do because if San Diego State just stays in the Mountain West and they merge with you know some of these Pac-12 teams, I think that's the most likely outcome. SMU, I don't know because I guess yeah, you're right. They haven't they haven't moved from the uh, American yet. No, so, they're still in it. You know they could. That'd be I I can't see them in that conference. Just you know it's hard. But I mean I couldn't really see Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten either. So I mean anything could happen. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like what teams are in what conference. I would say the most likely outcome though would just be the Mountain West maybe adds Oregon State and Washington State, and then like two of those teams go. Maybe they'll stay, but and then Cal and Stanford I think will end up maybe independent. I would say that's the yeah, most likely
0: outcome. That's fair. One thing is make it independent for a football season, then join some other conference yeah, for another we could school do that too. <clears throat> Uh, one. T- I just want to note this. One team I did forget joining the Big 12 is Colorado. Uh, famous Deion Sanders. Um, I just wanted to note that out there. But also, uh, others. So then, I'm also thinking about this out loud. In 2024, so next season, I thought it was going to be this season, but next season is when we're going to introduce the 12-team format for the college football playoff. Will they- Do they have to re-scratch that now and make a whole new format knowing that teams like the Big Ten or conferences like the Big Ten like Oregon hold on that's Big 12 okay Big Ten like Oregon, USC, Iowa Michigan, Ohio State Wisconsin like those teams you know because the Big Ten when they they're different because they said well with USC and UCLA joining we're just going to get rid of divisions you know it's going to be one stack list kind of like the Pac-12 and the Big 12 format and just the top two teams are going to get that conference championship now knowing they have Oregon and Washington, they had two more teams on top of a schedule they made out for the past two years, they had to scr- scratch that out too. So do you think that the college football playoff committee has like come together and completely scratch their format knowing that a conference champion bid isn't as good anymore because knowing that these conferences are so stacked? Yeah, that's interesting. I Because what I was reading is they weren't going to do that,
1: which, but I, I mean, I don't know, you know, some of... There was somebody on um, social media somewhere that was saying, "Just put the top three teams in each of now what's going to maybe be a power four, right? Because you got the Pac-12 that's going away. So like, wh- but you can't do that, right? You can't leave out the group of five team that because they were going to have a group of five team. Because
0: um, that's regardless. why that's why they had six conference champion bids was because of one good power five school that could make it in the, because everyone's saying Cincinnati need to be in, and for the longest time, they finally did. Yeah, And now they're like, oh, wait, we can actually do this now. I mean, granted, they played Alabama and it wasn't a very good game, but ratings were up. Yeah, I mean, that game was, I mean, it wasn't less competitive than
1: some of the other Power 5 teams Alabama have blown out in the playoffs. So, I mean, that argument, there are definitely some group of 5 teams that can hang with some of the top teams in some years. But, yeah, I think the committee... You, you know, you could argue that. I don't know. I, I think really we just have to wait and see how the teams in like the, the rest of the teams in the PAC 12, like, cause there maybe some of the, Ma- this could be good for some of the mountain West teams. I was talking about this as a Wyoming fan, they might get promoted to the power five. If there's like, if they merge, you got like, they're calling it like the PAC West, you know, could that be a power five conference? And I mean, and, you know, they could maybe go out and get, like, Gonzaga or something for basketball. And that'd make that a pretty competitive conference if you have Gonzaga, San Diego State. I mean, obviously, there are conferences that are more competitive. But, you know, there are some teams you could they could go out and get. Um, and I don't know. You know, it's going to help recruiting, obviously, if yeah. you're a
0: Power 5 conference as well. So. Well, I'm glad you mentioned a basketball because that was probably the next topic I was going to go with this. Uh, the Big 12 are now... You know, last year we were saying that they're arguably the best conference in basketball. Well, now they surely are with adding uh, Houston on the list. And they were reports saying that they're going to go after UConn and Gonzaga. (laughs) You know, that would have been extremely, because the Big 12, I think their commissioner, I can't think of his name on top of the head, um, but he stated, we are going to be the best Big 12, or we're going to be the best conference in basketball. But another thing with making these moves, as I mentioned earlier, This whole move is about money. It's not about traditions. It's not about the fans. It's not about the rivalries anymore. It's all about all about money. And that's why you are seeing teams like Washington and Washington State getting split up. It's why you are seeing schools like well, I think Texas and Oklahoma will probably keep it together, but it's has to be a it's gonna be conference game, no other than it was in the Big Twelve. But you're having these rivalries are now just like splitting up like crazy. And um, are we gonna see like a UCLA Washington game? Probably not anymore because they're not in the right conferences. Oregon or Oregon State gonna play anymore, you know. So, but the Big 12 when it comes back to basketball, going back to it, um, is there? Hold on. I don't I don't know really what I was trying to say, but the Big 12 with basketball now with uh, Arizona and Houston on that same list. Is there? Another, you think there's any other moves we can possibly see relating to basketball at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't know because
1: yeah, I was thinking about UConn too. I don't know what they're because the Big East is whole. You know, there that's that basketball conference and they they were a good conference this past year. I, that that's an interesting point that I actually haven't thought about much. I did think a little bit about UConn because um, UConn a while back. The the Big East, I think, yeah, it was the Big East. They had some other teams that are now in the ACC. So Syracuse and Pittsburgh when they joined in 2013. uh, I think was West Virginia in there too. I think they. I think West Virginia was West Virginia might have been in the Big East. I think think they were at one point, but yeah, I mean, you know, those two conferences that I could see some teams moving in there maybe um, basketball. You know, it's definitely, like you said, it's more, I feel like we're thinking about football when we talk about this realignment stuff. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from, just because college football is such a big
0: sport. Well, it's a big sport. It brings the most revenue. Right. It's the one thing. 90% of that. I was telling Mark this yesterday, and I learned this from uh, my internship. 90% of athletic revenue comes from football. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think basketball, you know, there could be some
1: movement there with. Teams like UConn, I don't know, Gonzaga, they've always, I've always wanted them to join the Mountain West, but now could maybe, you know, all these teams on the West Coast that are still, you know, they haven't left for the. Because I'm just trying to think, what a conference with Gonzaga and San Diego State. I know, you know, right now, those are kind of the only two teams that stand out, but if you bring all these teams and you kind of promote some of the lower Mountain West teams to Power Five, I'm sure that would help recruiting and make some of those teams more competitive as well. So I don't know. I mean,. There are, you know, losing teams like UCLA and USC, obviously, is not good, you know, since they're going to the Big Ten. It's not good for the West Coast, but I don't know. I mean, maybe some of those teams are going to struggle down the road, you know, in a tough conference. And maybe some of these other teams will start to go up on the West Coast. So I, I don't really know. But overall, you know, and then you've got all the other sports as well, kind of besides football and basketball. Um, where some of the, you know, some of those teams on the West Coast have
0: competitive, I don't know, you know, baseball and other sports, soccer. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. know. it's I know some athletes have been tweeting out loud saying that they chose a school specifically so their families could be able to see because of that conference, right? I think there's a soccer player from Rutgers who says, like, you know, their family is from there because they're around, like, the Big Ten area or that area. I think they're, like, from Pennsylvania or some some very close state right by Rutgers. And she chose that because it's close to home. But now she said that she's going to be traveling one week probably from home, going to LA, maybe even going to, I don't know, maybe in Eugene now for one week, then going back home, then going clear over to Pennsylvania, then going to Iowa. You know, it's just yeah. like a lot of airspace is all over the place. And I wonder how much um, effect, even with football too, of how much these athletes will be affected because of that time space. You know, I think Iowa specifically, when I, just knowing on the top of my head that they have to play both UCLA and USC on the road. Like, it's just, and then you, I don't know, it's just, I think it's going to be impactful by these athletes of their airtime. But one question I'm going to leave, or that we're both going to answer here before we move on to the next topic, what team benefit from moving and one team is going to be non-benefited from moving?
1: So, are you, you're talking about like out of the teams that move, not like Washington? I'm mean
0: Washington. I, State I say obviously. not not the Connect Four anymore. Yes, because those teams are obviously completely affected. But the teams that move, which one was a good move, and which one was like they probably should not have joined that conference. Well, so right now, I feel like it's easy to say
1: like because some of these teams, like Arizona State and Arizona, they're not good football teams, and they're going to the Big Twelve, which is going to be tough. But it's like, or, you know, they haven't been. But at the same time, that also helps recruiting, right? Because, like you said, you're moving to a bigger conference. That's going to help those teams get better players. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, those teams, they're not as good right now. And it's right now, like, you, I don't know, you're if they're playing Big 12 teams right now, you know, every week, that seems like they're not going to do that well, right? Because they're just not on that level. And then, you know, Colorado is interesting because I don't know what, you know, obviously getting Deion Sanders, you know, the recruiting, you know, they went, what? They were 1 and 11 last year or something like I'd that. They were one of the worst teams last year, yeah. So, you know, they get him. They're supposed to be better. I don't think they're going to be that good this year, but they're supposed to be Th- better. They'll still be better than they were last sure. year, though. Yeah, I mean, I I would hope so. But, you know, they, they go now, recruiting's going up. And then now you're going from what's the Pac 12? They're going to the Big 12 now. Like, you know, Colorado used to be in the Big Eight, but. I would think that would help recruiting for them too but again like they're they're just not a great team right now I don't think so I think if you put them against a bunch of Big 12 teams they're not going to do that well and it's going to be tougher than if you're in the Pac 12 and the, I mean the Pac 12's not terrible they've got they're going to go out with a bang I think this year they've got five teams or something five or six in the top 25
0: which still is part of the reason why I'm so shocked that this happened I think here's a hot take here I think four teams managed to go uh, no five teams managed to get ten plus wins. Five teams. I'm thinking USC. I think Oregon State goes ten wins. I think Oregon goes ten wins. I think Washington goes ten wins. It's just those four teams they beat each other up. And so then yeah, can, US, You got can, USC. Can all standing. those teams
1: get. Can all those teams get ten? Wait, you said four. Or five, four. four get ten wins, but USC gets the eleventh win. Okay, I haven't like looked at the schedule. I guess see if that's possible that'd be interesting yeah I could definitely see I mean those teams I picked Washington to win the conference earlier in the year I'm still picking them now but I don't know I mean USC is going to be good they could definitely I could see a situation where Washington loses to USC you know they play them during the season down in uh, in LA and then maybe they'll get a rematch in the Pac-12 championship or something like that but yeah no I think g- kind of going back to what you were saying about the realignment um And then you look at SEC, I think Texas and Oklahoma will be all right um, moving. It's going to be more competitive, but those are two, historically, those are two, you know, really, uh, really good college football programs. So I think that they should be all right. They'll still be better than quite a few teams in the SEC. And then for the Big Ten, I think Washington and Oregon going, you know, they they can compete with those teams and it's going to help recruiting like it will for all these other teams. So they're they're already better than quite a few teams in the Big Ten, but now, how I don't know how it's going to go against Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and the same thing with USC and UCLA. Uh, but I don't know what what have you been thinking about
0: this? I don't so it's interesting. I mean, my, so my opinion on this is a little bit kind of different than what probably everyone else is going to. The ACC is as of now knocking on wood here that they're not doing anything as of now you know i i've heard some rumors being on the inside of a news station that there are they're just rumors as of now i want to address that that Clemson and Florida State could potentially be leaving the ACC it's as if it's almost as if like texas and oklahoma left the big 12 right like those are the teams but as of now the ACC is fine the big 10 i'm thinking the team that benefits most from this i think probably out of the moving teams it's probably got to be oregon i think in, because you're bringing, I, when I think of Oregon, you're I think of all those uniforms that are created, and Nike. then also <laughs> you, yeah, you think of Nike. So now the Big Ten could partnership with Nike, and you know Nike is probably the most majority company that all these schools are sponsored by. But now Nike could potentially be sponsored by the Big Ten and grow even their more margin, and Oregon could make a whole lot of more money out of that because Phil Knight is relatively like tied brothers with the University of Oregon so I think Oregon benefits from the most of this but I also think that at the same time they also get screwed by this at the same time because Oregon has been that team that's always been relatively good and you think of last year they almost made the playoffs but then they had one big one big loss that they shouldn't have lost a game to mm-hmm. and then there goes their chances I remember last year in this very, in this very school that I said Bo Nix could win the Heisman and I remember getting called crazy by Blake and Dylan by it and then sure enough he was rising to the top almost made a finalist but then once again he had that loss and that sent him down and but I think with playing schools such as Ohio State and Michigan Michigan as of now is good and Penn State I don't know I just think Oregon also gets as of now the playoff format I don't think that helps their chances at all I don't know. I also think Oregon's screwed by it. USC also, I think, kind of gets screwed by it, but also I think they're also better than Oregon. Going to the Big 12 teams that benefit from this, I think absolutely 100% Colorado uh, gets benefit by this, but we were saying by recruiting, you have Dion into it. I mean, if you're a kid who grew up, who plays safety, who plays corner, who plays receiver, sure enough, you're going to want to play with Dion. I mean, and I would want to play for Dion, honestly. Like, yeah, I might be harsh by it. Or by his coaching style, but at the same time, he knows he knows the game way better than anybody. He's one of the best players to play in the NFL. And why not be coached by it? Now, a school that gets screwed over, I'm going to say probably Arizona State because they're I think they're a little bit thrown into the deal. I don't even know Arizona State in the, in the place in the Big 12 because their football team, as of now, hasn't been that relevant. They, they are sometimes. Uh, their basketball team isn't very the best. I just don't know what Arizona brings to the, B- the Big 12. And then, obviously, you know, the, the Connect Four is what I'm going to be calling them from now on until something happens. But then with the Big 12, or when the SEC, yeah, I think Texas benefits from the most in Oklahoma gets screwed over. That's what I personally think. So, Yeah, yeah. I th- I mean, that makes sense. But, I don't know,
1: just, you know, the recruiting should go up, you'd think. But now, like you said, you know, all these teams can't go to the playoff, right? So, Washington, you know, Washington, Oregon,
0: USC, Michigan, Ohio State, I mean, they all can't go, so no. it's going to be competitive. As of the, the current format, you know, you have your four teams, but then next year you're going to have that 12, I mean, you do have six wild cards, but guarantee you half of them are going to be controlled by the SEC with yeah, either LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, you know. And then Big 12's got to have at least one team. Well, yeah, and uh, one last thing
1: before we wrap this up. um, I assume we're kind of... We still have a draft night to go to, but go on. Well, yeah, I was saying before we go to that segment. But, yeah, I think, you know, you'd think, you mentioned Clemson and Florida State. If those two teams were to go to the SEC, then you almost start getting into, like, what a lot of people have said. It's going to be, like, two super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. But then you think about the Big 12, because the Big 12 was really smart, in my opinion. Right when Texas and Oklahoma left, they immediately... Were you know they knew they were prepared. It seemed like because they went out and got some teams that they thought would, you know, bring at least you know a little bit more uh, to the conference. So now you know because the Big 12 is still not a terrible conference, and especially in basketball. If you say basketball, they're still going to be one of the best. You know, Houston. You got Baylor, who's always good. I don't know. I'm I can't really think of it. I say for
0: basketball teams in the Big 12. Oh, Arizona. Yep. I say you have Arizona. You have. Houston now Iowa State's always Still good at basketball You have Kansas The big one uh, Texas Oh yeah you, TCU and Texas Tech Are always like Some mediocre Not sure And then West Virginia I mean well Now they're like In the, the bottom hole Of the conference now But Yeah I mean The Big 12 last year Was still one of the Toughest conference And the Kansas won it No Texas won it And They were the furthest team Of I think the, Most of the power five To get through Besides Miami What? Yeah yeah, no, I think that's right. Yeah, Miami was the only power five in the in the final four. Yeah, no, and so I just think,
1: you know, but the Big 12, they were smart about this. They got some teams, and now that's still a competitive conference. So if the SEC and the Big 10 try to form, like, two super conferences, um, the Big 12's still there. So what do you do at that point? I think Clemson and Florida State will stay in the ACC, keep that conference, you know. At least somewhat regional. You know, yeah, keep that the way it is. The ACC, you know, if Notre Dame were to join a conference, I think it would be the ACC. They but aren't they joined in football though. No, they're or they are in uh, in basketball. Oh, basketball, it's just just, they just basketball. Yeah, I'm saying in football though. They because uh, they're independent. in football. Oh, yes, but they just play all the ACC teams though. Yeah, and they well they were in the ACC during the COVID year. They joined the ACC for that year because they needed to make a schedule. So mm-hmm. I think they'd go there and not. They wouldn't go to the Big
0: Ten. I don't think. No, but, I think. Playing in the ACC for a year, uh, experimenting that—I think that's the smarter move. You know, and then yeah, and then you look at teams like we already mentioned,
1: UConn and those teams. Some of the Big East teams could they join? So, you know, some of those—you know—for football, obviously the Big East—you know—all their football teams are FCS, pretty much, or you know, lower, lower level teams. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think. I don't think we're going to get—maybe we'll get to the two super conferences at some point, but for now, I would say you've still got four solid conferences right now, and it could be five if, you know, the Mountain West pack 12 teams that remain, you know, if they get
0: something figured out. Who knows? Maybe nowadays, maybe Charlie might be a Power 5 team in the next 10 years or something like that. So, yeah. coming up, the best quarterback since 2000. Charlie and I are going to be doing a little draft when we come back. Welcome to the first annual sports fan show draft night where tonight we are representing the best NCAA quarterbacks since 2000 Uh, and we're going to be going five rounds here. It's just quarterbacks. I did actually think about doing like a fantasy draft which is college players from like "Eh, and it's a little bit too hard because then you have to go in depth with a one quarterback two running backs two receivers tight end, and a flex do you know Um, but we're going to be just doing quarterbacks and. I'm going to grant Charlie here with the first pick. So take it away whenever you're ready. All
1: right. So with my first pick in this draft, I'm going to go with Tim Tebow from Florida. Uh, Just, in my opinion, he's the greatest uh, quarterback in college football history. Uh, Just looking at what he did, you know, spent four years at Florida, had those three seasons. um, You know, he went 35-6 and as a starter, won the Heisman Trophy in 2007, um, you know, two national two, you know, he won Florida won two national uh, titles while he was there. and obviously, you know, we, we know the one that he was in there um, at quarterback and just what really uh, separates him, in my opinion, you know, there are some really good quarterbacks that had incredible seasons, but it was only one season since 2000. And I think uh, that along with the fact that he was just so good as a, uh, at, you know running the football as a mobile quarterback, I think, for me, puts him as the greatest quarterback, not only since 2000, but the greatest in college football history. Um,
0: so Tim Tebow, that's who I'm going with. All right. He was actually number two on my draft board. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. Well, I knew he was also, I, you were going to have the first pick, and I had a feeling you were going to go with him. All right. Uh, but my first pick, oh, by the way, it's going to be like a snake draft. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but my first pick, I'm going to go... Uh, he's also a Heisman Trophy winner from the SEC. Uh, he also has won a national championship. Um, this guy, um, people say he he actually did win an NFL MVP. I'm going with Cam Newton as my number t- as my number one pick. Um, this like no everyone keeps forgetting how electric Cam Newton was in college at Auburn. I mean, he had that one year at Florida State. Like, he didn't really do a lot. But in just uh, one season, actually, at Auburn, he was in two, remember in 2008, like he, he was arrested and then he transferred then he went back to Auburn. Uh, 66 uh, percentage. He was at, uh, for 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions to have a quarterback rating of 182. Uh, this guy was an absolute freak. I think he actually caught a touchdown, didn't he? I I always see reels. Some point, I think, yeah. Yep. Uh, he also had almost 1,500 rushing yards at Auburn, and he, net, he had one recep. He had uh, apparently one punt as well. I didn't even know that. Uh, but he had two receptions for 42 yards and a touchdown. This guy could literally do it all. Um, and on top of that, he his one only season at Auburn. He won a championship. So Cam Newton is my number one pick. And since it is Snape Track, I'm going back to number two. Uh, For the second round, I'm going to go with the guy who stopped the USC dynasty in the 2006 Ah. Rose Bowl, Vince Young. Uh, This guy, uh, remember, I think he was a two-time Heisman finalist. I don't think he ever, did he ever win one? Uh, No, because Reggie won it. Yeah, no, he didn't win that. Yeah, the year when the national championship, or they did a Heisman presentation, I think before the championship, Yeah. like they always do when the finalists were in the championship. Yeah. but Vince Vince Young is my guy. Um, he had uh, the ability to run that line art didn't really have. He had um, he had to pretty much put that team on his back. And you ever see like the Football Life documentaries before? Yeah, I've seen I've seen them for sure. Yeah, I say they have one on the 2006 Rose Bowl, and he, like Vince Young was just so good on in that game and just throughout his career. So he's going to number two. All right. So I was hoping that you didn't
1: take one of those guys. Uh, my next pick, the one that I was going to pick probably no matter what, Joe Burrow from LSU. Obviously, you know, he was there for two years. But that 2019 season he had, in my opinion, the single greatest season a quarterback uh, in college football history. You look at Tim Tebow over the course of his college career. But I think that season that Burrow had was just incredible. Um, and then obviously he's got on, you know, he's already been to a Super Bowl time in the NFL uh you know just a great quarterback for sure and now I'm really struggling here to think about my third pick um there are definitely some some guys that th- this is a tough
0: pick for me um hmm. say Joe Burrow I'm just filling in here for you Joe Burrow had 60 touchdowns with yeah, only six interceptions over 5600 passing yards and uh just a little bit under 400 yards of rushing, he did have one uh, reception for 16 yards in that 2019 season. Undefeated LSU, arguably the greatest team of all time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, we, and we, we've we talked a little bit about that. I mean, you're an LSU fan, so you... Uh, I remember watching every game that season. Yeah. Even, the, like, there's some games I had to stop watching because it's like, okay, we don't need to beat Vanderbilt 65-7, to 7, you know? Yeah. But, like... I mean, I I remember, wa- watching watching that season, and this was my sophomore year, and uh, my parents made up this kind of rule that we can do like one adventurous vacation that we can do for our senior year. No, I wanna go to Death Valley when they played Alabama, so I did it my junior year instead of my senior year. No, so that wasn't the no that that was when like everybody Uh, was gone. So I'm I'm like, surely someone's gotta stay, right? Nope. Literally no one no one from that team was there unless it was like Derek Stainley, but he he was hurt that game and then uh, eventually saw the twenty twenty Alabama team that went undefeated that year, Mm -hmm. who people also say is arguably the greatest team of all time. So
1: All right. So my next pick, this one might be a little bit uh, surprising. I'm not sure. I'm gonna go with Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Clemson. Okay. 29 and one as a college starter until he ran into that buzz saw of an LSU team. Just an incredible uh, player. Just freshman. I'll, I'll never forget that. True freshman, just leading the team, blowing out Alabama, a team that was also you know they were loaded, 44 to 16. That game. From start to finish, not even close. And then second year, it seemed kind of similar, um, you know, similar trajectory for them. But there was just so many good teams that year. LSU just was better. And uh, but I'm gonna go with Trevor Lawrence, what he did, and now he's obviously. You know, we're not focusing on the NFL, but seeing what he's kind of starting to—he's starting to get going. I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's going to continue to improve. I think he's in a you know pretty good situation. I'd say he's
0: a lot better than what he was his first year at Jacksonville, and they've really turned it up those last couple of games. And yeah, I mean, he—I think Ben Myers his head coach. Yeah, and, obviously. And no. then now they have a uh, what's his name, coach for the Eagles, Doug Monroe is that his name? Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug Monroe yes. was
1: the old coach. Yes. Yep,
0: yep. 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 But, so, yeah, so I'm going Trevor Lawrence, so I've got—that's two recent quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, Trevor was actually on my list, uh, but he was a little bit below this guy that I'm going to be taking. Right. Uh, people say he's arguably one of the best NFL prospects of all time. Uh, this guy came, went to an academic school. He is now retired in the NFL at the age of 29. Andrew Luck. Oh, I forgot about him. I'm going to go with him. I completely he's, forgot about him. I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. No, that's a good pick. I think— I would compare Trevor Lawrence to Andrew Luck a lot, but I, I'm not. Was he just if, below you? No, Andrew Luck was before. So I no, have. I, did you have Lawrence after?
0: Yes, him? I okay. did have Lawrence after him. So just we we, we had like uh, okay. We we still have relatively good picks, but like yeah. Andrew Luck, I think he was the guy for like a while. I don't think he ever won a Heisman, did he? Uh did he win a Heisman? I thought yeah. he did. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up. I think he did win a Heisman. But I I honestly yes he hold on a minute yeah I think he yes he did and well he entered the 2011 season as the favorite he finished second in Heisman voting oh no because RG3 won it oh he didn't win no because oh wow RG3 that's interesting yeah because Robert Griffin won it in 20 yeah because I think Andrew, Andrew Luck has always been a finalist um, but I don't think he's ever won the award because 2011 was RG3 that year. And then, yeah, I don't think he's ever. Anyways, to the point, this guy was probably robbed of the Heisman, like Christian McCaffrey, um, probably because he was at Stanford, you know, a school that no one wants to stay up late to watch the games. But, I mean, number one overall pick for a reason, early, early retirement. Um, Andrew Luck was a guy. He was a dog for sure, and this guy, he was a dynasty starter. Um, He partied it up in Southern California. I'm gonna go with Matt Leinart. Uh, This guy had Reggie Bush and all those guys over there. They won I don't know how many straight games, two national championships, and he did it all at a relatively young age. And this Matt Leinart, I mean, once again, same with Vince Young. Not didn't have the best. I feel like I have old guys who didn't necessarily have the best professional uh, careers. You have have two out of three, but Matt Liner is definitely a college legend when you think of USC. If Matt Liner isn't one of them, you're not a true USC or college fan. So, but you're up with the second pick of the fourth
1: round. All right. So, yeah. So, do I just give my last two picks then here? Yep. All right. So, I'm trying to think, there's like four quarterbacks. that I'm trying to decide between right now. This is kind of tough. Um, hmm. I think for this pick, I'm going to go... Uh, hmm. So I originally... Yeah, I'm not going to go with him. You can pause here if you want. All right. So last two picks here. I'm going to go with my first pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football. Electric player out of Texas A&M, obviously. Not good at all at the NFL level, but he was just so electric in college, Um, just a great quarterback. And then I'm just thinking because I would go with Michael Vick here um, out of Virginia Tech, but we're going since 2000, so we're only going since 2000, so I can only use the one year in the
0: 2000s because he played most of his college career at the end of the 90s. So and like what we talked about, you could say that's you could do that one season, but since he played before 2000. He is demand ineligible for this draft. All right.
1: So in that case, for my last pick, I'm going to go Marcus Mariota out of Oregon. Uh, Took him to the national championship that one year. Unfortunately, they lost to Ohio State. That team, though, was a lot of fun to watch. I mentioned it earlier. I actually got to watch him play. But that's going to be my last pick, Uh, Mariota out of Oregon. And that wraps up. So my five quarterbacks that I took, I have Tim Tebow, I have Joe Burrow, Trevor
0: Lawrence, Johnny Manziel and Marcus Mariota. That's 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 honestly a pretty good list. You got some, I mean, recent bias in those guys, but those guys are also very, very good. Joe Burrow known for the one season he had, uh, but still people put one season at top five all time. Do uh, you have Johnny Football? I mean, you have one, two, I mean, four of your guys won Heisman Trophies, so, yeah, the only one who didn't was Trevor Lawrence, hmm. but... Even then, he was still a really good quarterback. I think for my pick, I told you my draft board, but I don't know. There's still so many guys out there, and I only you only have one pick left. On my draft board, I still have Eli Manning, RG3, and Colt Brennan. I mean, is Colt still the most pass, passing throws in, like, a, what, a career or a season or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I think... I'm. I'm going to be kind of funny here. I'm going to be really funny. I'm going to go with none. Of, none of those guys I mentioned. I'm going to go with a guy who, uh, I think he lost to Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. I think I'm going to go with him with my le- the last pick of the draft. Okay. <laughs> you starstruck? <laughs> no, oh, I
1: thought I thought you said lost to Mariota and Winston. No,
0: no, I, okay. no Winston. I'm, that's the pick. Yeah. I he lost to Mariota. Yep. I'm going with Winston. All right. I mean, the, he's won a Heisman. He's won a national championship. That's one more national championship. The Marcus Mariota's has won. Yeah, he did. He did win. That was the final year of the BCS. Beat. Uh, they beat Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Because for some reason, my mind was because I know Florida State won. I know Auburn won. But Auburn played Oregon when they when they won in 2010. And then yeah, FSU played. Auburn in 2013 Mm. yeah 2013 so but yep to recap Charlie has Tim Tebow Joe Burrow Trevor Lawrence Johnny Manziel and Marcus Mariota I have Cam Newton Vince Young Andrew Luck Matt Liner and Jameis Winston I think the steal of the draft is probably you with Trevor Lawrence honestly Mm, I don't know yeah he was my he was my he was literally going to be my next pick but like I don't know maybe and then you took him like oh wait I have Andrew Luck (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, um, well, we're gonna post this. Uh, make sure uh, you follow at the Sports Fan Show on Instagram. Uh, that's the only social media we had, we have. So, uh, Charlie, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, so, thanks for having me on, man. It was it's good. Just got back here, so glad to be on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you're always welcome here anytime. If somehow ever Washington has a big game that we can talk about, or uh, maybe we'll get some hockey later on. At least maybe later here in the fall, uh, once it gets going. So, because what when does hockey normally start? It starts up uh, regular season in October. So pretty okay. soon now. So yeah, towards the very end of fall, we can probably get some more hockey conversations. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, and rem- remember to follow our Instagram page. That's at the Sports Fan Show. I'm gonna repeat again at the Sports Fan Show. You're listening to the Sports Fan Show with Anthony Guma, alongside with Charlie Wayne. Have a good rest of your night, guys. And remember, I'm a sports fan, and I give sports fan takes.